In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time to get happy. Harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress-Gaiman. A fresh talk radio approach for promoting happiness because happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show, Harvesting Happiness. Lisa's going to shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. And as a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cypress-Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. In the show, she'll also focus on military families, service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and civilian life reintegration issues. So let's get to it. Harvesting Happiness on Togedan.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress Kamen, your host, and I'm here to speak with you today as I am every Wednesday about happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. The achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but for those around us. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to the collective flourishing of humanity on a global level. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Before we bring on our guest, I want to open up the phone lines at 877-864-4869. Again, 877-864-4869, or you can log in to toginet.com and come into our chat room. Um, before we bring on our guest, uh, I also want to make a couple of announcements. Today I am broadcasting from the Heritage Square Museum in downtown Los Angeles, California, where we are having uh, some interviews with KTLA Los Angeles, which is one of our local TV stations, about the Veterans Preservation Corps, which is an initiative I'm involved in that uh, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes offers uh, stigma-free coaching services to returning veterans who are part of a program that retrains the men and women in the art of historic architectural preservation. And Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, as you may or may know, is, may, may or may not know, is a pending 501c3 nonprofit corporation. Our mission objective is to offer these stigma-free support services to warriors and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration issues. We offer battle buddy workshops, family awareness training, online community support, one-on-one coaching services, as well as retreats for warriors to decompress from battle and understand the tools available for them to adapt their military skills to civilian society. You can reach out to us at www.hh, the number four, and then heroes.org. All right. 
We all have our battles, both internal and external, and many of us over our lifetimes have battled with the bulge or battled with the scale or battled with our internal perceptions of how much we should weigh or how we should look, and in many cases, that has impeded our happiness. You know, we often approach happiness conditionally. When I get thin, when I get rich, when I get that right boyfriend or girlfriend, I will be happy. And our next guest um, is an emotional eating specialist and weight loss expert. Raquel Reyna of End the Diet War has been in the weight loss business for the last 10 years and has helped hundreds of women find their ideal body weight. She has helped launch one of the most successful weight loss franchises in the United States, and she firmly believes, and I agree, that weight loss and health has far less to do with what you eat and more to do with how you think. Welcome, Raquel. Hi, Lisa. So good to see you, be here with you. So great to have you on the show. And this is such an interesting topic because I don't know that there's a person on the planet, for the most part, that is satisfied with their body image, man or woman. You know what? It's absolutely true. There's always something about our bodies that we hate. Like if you ask any woman, she's going to find something that she hates about her body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of crazy because these are, like, pretty amazing, magical instruments that we have here to utilize and to live our lives through. So it is kind of an interesting, um, you know, dichotomy we've set up for ourselves that we're in a battle with our own bodies. Indeed. And according to the CDC, in a survey taken in 2007, um, 60% of U.S. women are overweight. That is just astounding, and that there are 8 million people, this is according to your website, 8 million people in the United States suffer from eating disorders, and 90% of those 8 million are women. Yeah, it's staggering, the statistics right now. We have 30% that are actually obese. And they're saying that this statistic by 2030 is going to raise to 50% of our population actually being obese, which is, you know, it's just frightening. It is frightening because obesity, as we all know, leads to hypertension, diabetes, heart disease, and uh, just in general, poor health. Yeah, poor health, yeah. And an early mortality, an early death rate. Yeah, I mean, the amazing thing is there are so there are so many problems attributed to um, being overweight, and you'd think that with all the information out there and all the nutrition programs and gyms and there's so much information. We all know basically that when we go to McDonald's or we drink that milkshake that it's not good for us. And yet, why is it still, you know, astounding numbers of people gaining weight, doing lap bound, doing the surgeries, you know, the um, to lose the weight? And it's because it's so more, it's so complex. You know, there's so many emotional issues around eating, and it's just a very complex emotional reason why people are are gaining that much weight. So you can't really look at it from a simplified perspective of just, you know, eating less and learning about nutrition and exercising because it just, it's, it's just not enough. 
Agreed. Agreed that most of us know that if we want to lose weight, we need to do two things. We need to shut our mouths and move our legs. Correct? I mean, that's, I mean, that is the, the most basic tool for losing weight. And yet, we don't do it. Or we'll do it for a day or so and then we'll fall off the wagon. Which leads me to believe and most of us to understand that this relationship to weight and our bodies and our joy and our well-being must really stem from a very different place. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is the premise of the program that I, that I've created and how I work with women because it's really a process. It's a journey because it's very symbolic. Body fat is literally stored energy. That's, you know, it's stored energy in our body. And so I often tell women to start thinking about releasing life energy to where you're stuck in your life. So it's a, you know, it's a process. It's a deep inner journey. And, you know, my program isn't necessarily for everyone because not many people want to hear that. They want a quick fix. They want the next fad or the next pill or the next, you know, quick diet that's going to make them, you know, drop the weight. And unfortunately, I think in general, the diet programs are actually part of the problem. They're actually perpetuating the cycle. So, you know, that's part of my plight as well is really to look at, you know, how the diet industry is actually creating the cycle. So when you restrict, when you go on these fad diets, you're actually going to regain the weight back plus some, plus you're going to feel defeated. You're going to feel as though you failed. It's going to create more stress, trauma on the emotional, um, as well as your body just going through such extremes. So, um, you know, my perspective is definitely about taking it into an entirely new realm, a slower, more deeper, more inner, complex experience of your body so you can actually transform the cycle and, you know, stop the war of dieting. The the yo-yo dieting syndrome, the up and down that uh, many of us experience when we go on the latest fad diet, you know, the vinegar diet, the uh, the, the orange diet, the pineapple diet, the the pork rind <laughs> diet, whatever yeah. it is, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, on and on and on, um, it, it is not the answer. But changing the relationship to food and what its purpose is for our bodies and and our minds and hearts because there is um, the relationship that we have to it, the feelings that uh, come up, let's say, when we eat comfort food like mashed potatoes or macaroni and cheese or um, a home-baked apple pie, the, the memories that are recalled. I, I, I believe what I hear you saying is that it all ties into that, that our relationship with food and with memories and relationship and self-esteem is where it's at is where the true healing work comes in when we start to address these issues. Yes, absolutely. There's so much associated with food. We use food as pleasure. We use food as rewards. We use food to, um, you know, assist with sadness, and our parents use food 
um, in their parenting for so many ways, and we sort of learn. It's a learned behavior, and we're we're going to go to a break, Rock Helen. And, okay. and when we come back, I want to I want to continue on this, this this topic of our relationship to food because I think that is really the primary issue here. It's not the food itself; it's exactly. the way we, re, we we relate to it. And um, our guests and listeners can reach out to you at your websites, and I've got a couple for you. I've got uh, www.endthedietwar.com, and um, there is another where, where you can be reached, isn't there? Um, yes, there's also um, an informational site that's www.rawfooddiet-holistichealth.com. And probably the easiest way to find me would be on my Facebook page at End the Diet War. And once you get on that page, um, I can immediately start assisting. I have a free gift for everybody. Here come the tunes. Sorry to cut you off. Okay, that's right back. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen, and you're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. We know that life is tough. And that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. Are you someone who leaps out of bed to greet the morning, amazed at your good fortune every hour of the day? Or are you someone like me who needs regular infusions of inspiration? I'm Meg Pierre, a photographer, travel writer, and creator of the website www.viewfromthepier.com which focuses on the human quest to connect with self, others, and a sense of wonder. Every day, the site features a new beautiful image from my travels around the world, captioned by an uplifting quotation. This daily dose of inspiration is available free. Viewfromthepeer.com also presents monthly interviews with fascinating people I have met in my travels who offer their personal stories and wisdom along with in-depth destination stories about cultural traditions from around the world. If your day could benefit from a quick change of scenery or attitude adjustment, I invite you to visit www.viewfromthepeer.com. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward. With tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned, these pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, 
Back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen, and I'm here with our guest today, Raquel Reyna, who has a program, End the Diet War, which is all about really addressing our relationship with food and getting out of the no-nonsense yo-yo cycle and battle of, of dieting. Welcome back, Raquel. Hi, thank you. Before the break, we were talking about our relationship to food, and really it's a very deep-seated and heavily symbolic one. Would you not agree? Absolutely. Yes, completely. I think it's probably the biggest um, challenge that people have around um, their binge eating, obsessive overeating, um, emotional eating is how they feel about food, how they use food to cover up emotions. Um, a lot of times we stuff emotions down with food. Um, so when you take the food away, there's actually a ton of exposed raw um, emotions that, that come up. So um, food is definitely a replacement for many things for many people. Attention, love, uh, connection, satisfying relationships. Uh, you, the list can go on and on and on, and it, it, is, it is a highly emotionally charged issue for many people. And you have had a, a, a relationship with food in the past, so you're speaking from experience where you have been through the cycles of um, struggling with eating disorders, have you not? Yes, oh, absolutely. I mean, my story begins, you know, at eight years old, and I was in gymnastics, and as most people know, you know, the gymnasts come out, you know, completely bulimic or all kinds of issues, working out five hours a day, six days a week, and they literally weigh you in and weigh you out. And, you you know, it's common with these gymnasts, they teach you how to binge and purge. I mean, it's just part of um, the culture. So, of course, I became thoroughly obsessed with my weight, and it started pretty much a two-decade-long battle with food. And an endless cycle of, you know, yo-yo dieting, gaining, losing weight, substance abuse, extreme fad diets, pills, cigarettes, binging, purging, I mean, pretty much everything. Until I just, you know, kind of hit a point in my life where there was this little voice inside of me that said, you know, you're hurting me. And it was literally the smallest little voice. And I went, oh, my God, I'm, like, hurting myself. And it was just this awakening I had, and it began a journey, a long journey of healing. And I never went to, during this time of my life, I never went to, um, you know, I know they have Overeaters Anonymous. There's a lot of programs. But I didn't find refuge in any of these programs. I didn't find refuge in any therapist. For whatever reason, it didn't speak to me. So I developed my own way of dealing with my body. I was also a professional dancer. So I have this real deep relationship with my body, but I transformed it into a healing experience. And so a lot of the exercise I developed was through my own literally inward experience of what was happening, what my body was telling me, what the voices were saying, and 
coming into an alignment of loving myself and being kind to myself, being caring to myself, as opposed to being abusive and trying to force my body into a certain size, a certain shape, a certain look in order to be that dancer or that gymnast, which is, you know, so culturally um, controlled through, you know, just the cultural image, through TV, through magazines, and so different shapes and sizes and roundness, and they're just not accepted. So it's it's a real cultural insanity, especially for those of us now living in L.A., um, but it was a journey that I went through and came out the other side so that I could just really be at peace in my skin and be comfortable with everything I'm eating, eating when I'm hungry, and, you know, feeling great all the time, which is a huge transformation. Um, even being in the best shape of my life as a dancer, I was probably in the worst, you know, torture chamber, being inside my skin, feeling so uncomfortable. So it was really an amazing power journey in the beginning of my own spiritual path. The uh, relationship with food is really a reflection of our relationship with ourselves. You know, yes. in the sense that if we uh, if we view the food as something that is nurturing and comforting and providing us fuel and energy and it's vibrant and alive, and that's what we're putting in, that's really where we're viewing ourselves. But if we're loathing what we're putting in or playing games with ourselves, you know, I'll have the diet drink, I'll have the big the, the Big Mac or the, the the big bucket of fries, and then I'll go run ten miles. Mm-hmm. We are we are setting up sort of an illusory relationship with what the food is doing for us because it is not nurturing us. Exactly. That's exactly the truth. I mean, I think that we transform, you know, how we we use food when we transform how we feel about ourselves as well. So self-esteem has a huge role in this. So if you don't feel worthy, then you will literally treat your body poorly. If you don't feel good about yourself, you will hurt yourself, and you'll do it through things like overeating. So it's interesting because the more you can learn to self-love, the more you can learn to bring food that has high-level nutrition into your body and doing it because you care about yourself. So it's not the other way around. You know, it's like people think if they they don't feel good about themselves, it's because they don't look good or, you know, they need to lose weight or they need to. Plastic surgery is a perfect example of this. You know, people feel like, oh, well, if I fix this, I fix that, I'm going to feel good about myself. But the truth is it just doesn't work the way, that way. It's the other way around. You become, you know, the self-esteem needs to inwardly change first, and then things start to change in the way you relate to food, and your exercise becomes joyful. You do things that you love as opposed to punishing exercise, which really, in the end, actually creates an acidic environment. It's not really healthy for you to be doing punishing exercise either. So it's all related. How you feel about yourself, is it's so related to 
um, your relationship with food and how you're going to, you know, treat your body. You know, and, and people will often say, well, I can't afford to eat quality food or I don't have the time to prepare a really nutritious meal. You know, all we could afford is the instant cup of noodles or the ramen or um, the, the diet sodas or the sugared sodas that are available, you know, a, a liter for 99 cents. And the truth is that is a lie, that we all can uh, feed ourselves reasonably well with a little bit of time and effort, and it, it just takes, uh, it takes understanding what, what is required to feed ourselves well. Yeah, it is sort of a tragedy that our fast food has become, you know, so affordable and our vegetables and fruits are highly organic or becoming more expensive. I think that's a whole other topic about the food industry that we don't necessarily have to get into because I agree with you. I do think that you can absolutely feed yourself well on a shoestring budget and I also believe that we need to re-educate ourselves because I also see a lot of people that do have the money, um, but they're making the choice to invest it in other things. So, for example, a car might be more important to them than their own health. Um, and so it's really about education and also um thinking dollar per dollar what you invest in your house, you actually do get on the back end. So, and, and insurance companies are now starting to realize this. They're starting to invest in preventative medicine because they're realizing that it's so costly to treat people who are not caring for themselves. It's so costly to treat obese, to treat people ha- who are having issues um, because of the way that they, you know, handle their health. So, um, uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's education and I think it's creativity and taking some time to really research how can you do this on your budget because there are, are definitely ways to do it. There are definitely ways to do it. One of the initiatives that we've taken on in Harvesting Happiness for Heroes is to begin to partner up with um, other groups who are doing sustainable farming. And with the recession and with the economy uh, being as it is today, with really no signs of immediate improvement, these are ways that we can inexpensively learn to nurture ourselves and be involved with our environment, get our hands in the earth, and it doesn't require a lot of land. It can be done in a window box. So this is another area and definitely another show, but I wanted to touch upon it because it is a myth that because one doesn't have a lot of money that one cannot eat well and really feed their bodies as the temples that they are. And we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, I want to talk about the obesity epidemic and how it affects our children and how diabetes is and will continue to be rampant um, in our country because of the way that we're eating and the way we are not emphasizing health, nutrition, exercise, and well-being, you know, in our schools because this is a huge, huge, huge problem. area. Yes, huge problem with a great need. And again, we're speaking with Raquel Reyna. She's got a couple of websites that are devoted to ending the diet wars. The first is www.endthedietwar.com. You can also reach her on Facebook, 
probably in real time, simultaneously as I'm speaking, at End the Diet War on Facebook. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen, you're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. We know that life is tough, and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Attention parents and teachers. Here is a series of alarming yet true facts about the current state of teaching reading in the United States. The federal government has spent close to half a trillion dollars to improve reading ability, and yet we still have over 8 million students who cannot read on grade level. 440,000 students who have a total reading vocabulary of 50 words or less. And a national dropout rate of one new student every 26 seconds. Sadly, one of these could be yours. Fortunately, it's not too late to help. Introducing The Reading Show with Dr. Joe. A fast-paced, highly informative, easy-to-listen-to show led by nationally recognized reading authority, Dr. Joe Lakovich. For more on Joe on the show, check out his website, failurefreeonline.com. Listen in this week to learn amazingly simple ways to turn this problem around. The Reading Show with Dr. Joe. With your host, Dr. Joe Lakovich. Fridays at 10 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 Central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. Wednesday afternoon, starting at 3, 2 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen, and I'm here today with Raquel Reyna of End the Diet War. She is an emotional eating specialist and weight loss expert. And before the break, we were really talking about, you know, there's a, there's a book that was out, published probably 20 years ago uh, by Janine Roth. It's, it's not what you're eating, it's what's eating you. And I think this is really what we're talking about, Raquel, is sort of our emotional attachment to food and its symbolism. 
Yes, absolutely. I know she's she's amazing. She's got another book called Women Food God that I just love and it's really, you know, about coming back into our relationship with God and I think that's a huge part of it. We're looking at, you know, obesity and and really what I see in obesity is people who are actually starving. They're eating so much because their food is really devoid of nutrition, so they're just eating, 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 but they're still hungry because they're not getting the nutrition they need. So they're starving, but they see it more than just their body starving, which is very true, but symbolically also their souls are starving because there's a spiritual void that we see a lot, especially here in the U.S. Um, and so we're filling it with substances, and food is one of the many substances that people use to fill those holes and to fill those those wounds. And um, so what I help women work with is when, you know, it's it's time for them to lose weight and they're trying to fill those holes is really instead opening up to a deeper part of spirit into bringing that into their lives, filling themselves up with the joy, with the bliss, with the spirit of life, as opposed to with the substance of choice, which with many of the women I work with happens to be food. Mm-hmm. As women, we are the mentors of our children. And this brings us to a to a really, really important point of the obesity epidemic in America relating to children. And I want to touch on the importance of mentoring well and what that really means as, as mothers and fathers and leaders in our children's lives. You know, they, they learn what they see. They learn what they hear. And um, if we are, as parents are not nourishing ourselves well, our children are going to follow suit. They're going to fill themselves with crap and not have any regard for really what a satisfaction level is, really what a full tummy means. That a full tummy is not how much you can eat, but eating until you're satisfied. Yes, it is staggering the rise in childhood obesity and um, type 2 diabetes, um, which is something that can actually be overcome with nutrition. Um, It's amazing uh, the numbers right now out there in this in this field, in this topic with um, children, and you're absolutely right. We cannot tell our children what to do. We have to live it ourselves. We have to be that beacon of health and nutrition. And it's so hard for for moms because they're so busy. They're so run ragged, and you know they will put everyone before them. So, you know, the children, their husbands, their work, whatever goes first. And I think the biggest thing is to teach women to scale back, take time for themselves. And nourishment really means self-care. It's really about time and energy they can invest in, in themselves, in the things they love, even if it's, you know, 10 minutes a day, a lot of the exercises I do are, you know, I say you can do in five minutes a day. And that five minutes can really completely transform how you nourish yourself. And your children see that. They will mimic what you do. They will absolutely do, like you said, what you do. And so the food you have in your home, how you nourish yourself, how you care for yourself, 
is really reflective in exactly how your children eat and what your children do. You know, it's so easy right now for children to fall into the trap of video games, watching TV, staying in all day. And so it takes effort to, you know, take the children outside, teach them to play, to engage, to learn about the foods they're eating, to know what a vegetable is, um, you know, and there's so many bad influences out there. Um, you know, um, I had this, I met this amazing woman, and she was saying that, you know, she teaches her children when um, they go out with strangers or they go out with her grand, their grandparents that, um, you know, McDonald's has an evil clown in there that teaches them to want bad food. You know, this is how she trains her children, um, you know, to not be deceived by McDonald's. I don't necessarily, you know, agree with that, but that's one tactic to use, you know, the evil clown. Um, And I think that kids are constantly, you know, being manipulated by um, media by, um, you know, how foods are marketed. So it's really important that we somehow give them some kind of tools to navigate through and make good choices. And that's a, that's a life skill in general, and I don't want to bash on McDonald's. I think that that's unfair because there are probably, you know, dozens of other fast food chains, and all of them, to their credit, are making efforts to change their menus to reflect some they of these changes absolutely that we are, are that we are talking about, some, for, for the positive. And, uh, you know, I do have a couple of them that I go to in, in a pinch to get as reasonable and clean a meal as I can if I'm starving and I need something quickly. So I don't really want to bash on these people. And I also want to add from my own experience as a mom to a teenager and a, and a tween that by making these foods complete taboo has a rubber band effect that is not positive also. So it, it is a slippery slope to create that balance where you teach what is good nutrition, you teach what is properly nourishing your body, and then acknowledging all of us like junk at, from, at, from time to time. You it know? really is true. It, I, I absolutely agree. And, um, you know, I think that being, you know, a, a, a woman who doesn't have children, and I haven't stepped foot in a fast food restaurant for over 20 years. So I really honestly, like, don't need to. So I, but I do have nephews and I do know what a struggle it is. And I know that they will be exposed and they will definitely school and friends. And, you know, it, you're constantly rubbing up against so many different lifestyles and ways that people are eating. And, um, I agree with you completely. I think fast food is a part of our culture, and it's not necessarily all bad. I just, you know, I think that it's definitely about educating and making sure that children know that they can make good choices. But more importantly, um, I think that how we as parents teach the children how to be with food. So, for example, you know, coming together and cooking dinner and making – um, eating a sacred ritual as opposed to something, you know, we're doing on the fly all the time. Of course that's going to happen. Of course we're going to need to do that. But, you know, coming together, sitting down, lighting a candle, you know, having sacred time around 
food is a very important way to kind of teach our children that the food is sacred, nourishing your body is sacred, and it's a really powerful, beautiful time to spend with yourself and to, you know, do it slowly, really appreciate it. And again, a taboo of foods is a big problem. It absolutely is. I know with my mom, she, you know, we didn't have any sugar at all in our house and we were eating things like hoop cheese and, you know, grape nuts and all my friends were eating Lucky Charms. And so, uh, you know, I was always in this kind of battle of, you know, what I was seeing my friends do and what my mom was was providing. But in the end, I think she gave me such a solid foundation that I could kind of feel that when I was at home eating, I was healthier and happier and stronger. And when I was, you know, eating with friends at McDonald's, I didn't feel so good. And so I'm constantly trying to teach my nephews to just really, like, how does that feel after you just ate, you know, all those candy bars? How does that make your tummy feel, you know? Because you can actually start to teach your children to feel their body and to feel what the food is doing to them. And that is a far greater tactic than than the woman's evil clown tactic, which, you know, obviously doesn't necessarily work. True, and and what we really are teaching is self um, uh, moderation, is is some self control yes. and self mastery that not only affects the food that we're putting in our bodies, but every other area of our life, and and the opportunity to sit down to a meal, to have that intimate connected time with our families, even if it is only a twenty minute break, because that's all the family can afford between activities and and um, uh, homework, but it is taking the time to say, okay, this moment is sacred. We're going to sit down. We're going to have a connection, and we're going to talk, and we're going to talk about the food. We're going to talk about uh, what's going on with our days, and that's how the relationship with food gets woven back into life skills and self-mastery. Exactly, and, you know, I think the other thing is being really present with, you know, a child that might be sad, Um and rather than saying, oh, you're sad, okay, let's go get some ice cream, or to celebrate, you know, be creative with how you celebrate, with how you're present with emotions, because sitting with your child when she's sad or he's sad or, you know, really feeling it rather than providing some kind of way to soothe it with food, um, we do it all the time, it's so subtle, um, I think that begins to teach them to be present with how they're feeling as well and to celebrate, you know, doing something else, something, you know, exciting together um, as opposed to food. Raquel, I hate to interrupt you, but we're going to need to go to a break. When we come back from our break, we're going to continue the dialogue with Raquel Reyna of End the Diet War. Um, You can check her out at www.endthedietwar.com or connect with her on Facebook at End the Diet War. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. And we will be right back and continue our conversation. And maybe we can give our listeners a couple of skills and tools to take with them, Raquel, when we come back. Here come the tunes. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Gaiman on Toginet.com. 
Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. Everybody in the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website, and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cayman. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen, and I'm here today with Raquel Reyna, who is the founder of End the Diet War. And so many of us are, are fighting the good fight and losing with this concept of, of dieting. And Raquel, I wanted to give our listeners some tools, a couple of things that they could think about and maybe put into action that give them a glimpse of the ways that you work with people who are are battling this war. Yes, well, I always I always start um, on a in the emotional and spiritual level. It makes it so much easier um, when you begin at that place. So the three tools that I tell the women I work with to start using five minutes a day is the very first one. And a lot, um, we see the power of this with manifestation in so many areas, but the first one is intention. So it's really important to set the intention to be healthy um, far beyond anything else because oftentimes we accept um, our bodies a certain way or our health a certain way, we're not feeling great, and we just move into this place of acceptance. Um, 
and covering up with, you know, if we're not digesting well, we'll take digestion medication. If we're not feeling great, we kind of just learn to feel lousy. So the first thing we want to do is just set the intention to feel great and to feel good in our skin and to love our bodies. And intention setting is a skill. You want to write it out very clearly and keep it with you. So that's the first thing. Next, what I I teach is a ritual for when you're, you know, getting ready in the morning. Let's say most people take a shower daily. So um, I provide um, a meditation for women when they're, you know, that's the most intimate time you have with your body. You're undressing, you're in the water, you're by yourself, you're naked, you're dealing with all those thoughts about, you know, what am I going to wear, my body, and not liking the way it looks, and maybe you caught a glimpse in the mirror and you're obsessed about your cellulite. So I teach a ritual that you do in the shower, very sacred, allowing the water to be a purification, to move through your skin, to be a time of healing, to be a time of nurturing. And we... We all take showers regularly, so it's really like programming yourself to use that time as a way to reestablish a loving relationship with your body. It's so important if you do not start to have care towards your body to see the beauty in the fact that you have your health, the fact that you can breathe, that you can see, that you can run, you know, really the gratitude for this amazing instrument, it will begin, just that alone will begin to change the way you eat. It will begin to change the way you lose weight. Your body actually will respond by kindness. If your thoughts are really abusive, I hate my body, I'm so fat, I'm so fat, I'm so fat, you will literally start to create more fat. I mean, it is very true that your thoughts have to line up. So an exercise in the shower is about just taking some time when you're underneath the water to really allow this intimacy to tap into your heart, to be present with your body to start this self-love and the self-nurture. That's beautiful. And it, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say there's one more tool I want to give real quick for people, and this is really easy as well. Um, every time you eat, I really encourage people to sit with their bodies for five minutes in silence, if you can, you know, um, to just take, finish your food and feel. It sounds so simple, but when you're eating, you've got to feel. So sitting in silence, feeling your body as it's digesting, feeling how the food is integrating, it's literally breaking down from matter into energy. So your food is going through an alchemy, a divine process, and it's breaking down and turning into the energy that you use as the life force into your life. So being present, being in silence, five minutes after you eat. So that's a great tool and a great place for people to start. 
These are wonderful tools, and it makes me think of the concept of, you know, we always think of weight loss, and if we are losing weight, in a sense, we're giving up a part of ourselves. A piece of us is disappearing, whereas the concept of weight release, if we attach the excess weight is our excess baggage, and we release it, we're letting go of something. We're not losing part of ourselves. We're, we're, we're releasing what is, what is outmoded, what is, what is no longer necessary to sustain us. And you know what? Sometimes it literally is exactly not only symbolic but literal. Like if sometimes, you know, weight gain is, you know, I ask women, is there something you're holding on to, a relationship that's not working, a career that's not working? You know, is there something in your life that's making you unhappy? And, you know, oftentimes when they release that thing, they change their life. They allow their life to change. The weight comes off naturally. Mm-hmm. So 25% has to do with nutrition, I would say. And, of course, it's a key part. Of course, it's important. But it's definitely not the only key. It's a small portion. It's a quarter of, of, of mm-hmm. what we're addressing. Yeah, the, the sort of the, the, the psychological uh, impact of our relationship with with ourselves. It's not just with the food. It's how we're relating to ourselves, uh, I'm sure. And I know, speaking from my own experience, has to do with how I'm doing with taking care of my body, not just, not just from a weight perspective, but, you know, all across the board with, with my health. Am I sleeping well? Am I eating well? Am, am I exercising well? How is my temperament? Am I agitated? Am I relaxed? And that's all from from paying attention. Exactly. It's about bringing consciousness to how we live. And um, you do have to be balanced in, in so many areas. And health really isn't just about what we eat. It's also what we're thinking about and exactly that, how we're dealing with stress. And if we're on purpose and we're living our life, you know, out of our passion and out of our joy. And um, I think these play a huge key key role. Right now, I'm 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 doing a 12 day radical healthy living challenge. Um, if you go to Facebook and you sign up for my free gift, I'll definitely let people know about it. It's coming the end of September, and I'm working with 12 experts on radical healthy living. And the amazing thing is that in every area we're doing wealth, we're doing relationship, we're doing nutrition, and health is, you know, in every area comes back to the same thing. And really it is about releasing life force energy in the direction of your joy. And that frees us to live a healthy life on every level. So it's so phenomenal that it's, you know, all these key factors of healthy living comes back down to how we live our lives and how we treat ourselves. And so it's really, um, you know, it's, it's really what I love is that people are taking their health in their own hands and they're not saying, oh, okay, you know, I don't feel good. I'm going to go to the doctor and I'm going to just take whatever medication he tells me to take anymore, you know, at this point. People are completely self-empowered to live their best lives, to take their bodies into their own hands, to take their health into their own hands, 
and to fully break the insanity of a certain body type and body look and body image and really get into a vital place of health within themselves, within their thoughts, their minds, and their spirits. Well, and if our listeners are interested in joining the challenge that's on Facebook, they can reach you at End the Diet War. They can like your page, and they can just join and have access to this 12-week program and see for themselves the, the, the rewards that they'll glean from taking a radically different approach to weight loss or weight release or really self mastery to greater health. I love that. That's exactly it. Self mastery to greater health. That's that's really the key. Yep, it's a, it's a, it's the key actually to all of the well being jargon and world is to have control over what we can, which is really only ourselves. We can't control ultimately our children. We can't control our spouses. We certainly cannot control the economy or the government, but we can uh, legislate ourselves on a local basis. You know. And that's what I love about these self-mastery skills. It's absolutely true. It's like you cannot change, you know, the fact that Hollywood has these gorgeous models, but you can change the fact that you can love yourself exactly as you are in your body and see beauty within yourself. And that's a skill, and it takes, you know, it takes some mastery. It takes some time. But it's, it's not even funny or cute to hate your butt. It's just not. It's like it's it's turning into um, a time right now where we have to fully love our unique shape and our unique bodies, no matter what shape they are. Beautifully said. We are coming to the end of our show, and I want to again allow our listeners to know how to get in touch with you. You've been listening to Raquel Reyna. R-E-Y-N-A of End the Diet War. You can find her on Facebook at End the Diet War, at her website, which I believe is still under construction but will be up and running shortly at www.endthedietwar.com. And here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and Raquel Reyna wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Thank you for being a part of Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kanan. We'll do this again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 Central here.